today, I think we're just going to re-release an old episode. Big Daddy was scrolling through the library and landed on one of my stories. Feral is the one that he has selected for today. From back, wait, what did you say? It was 20... March 2016 was when we put this one out. So In a minute. A couple minutes. Yep. Wow. Yeah. And you also said Rose was going through some angst. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this one's intense. Yeah, well, what was going on in 2016 that I had to write this feral tale? (laughs) I really love the tale. Plus, I really like the artwork that you made for that one. That one was fun. Like, you have to look at it, and you you might miss a little part of it there. Uh, I I enjoy that artwork, too. Um, Yeah, so this is a paranormal shapeshifter story. Uh, that skirts on the edge of horror, uh, you know, pan- fantasy, paranormal <laughs> horror. Like this one kind of mm-hmm. falls under the horror category, but I'm going to go more like thriller more than horror, but it's still intense in that horror-y kind of way. Yeah. So, uh, you know, if that's... It's a little edgy. If it, if that's something you're sensitive about, this it, is your warning. Yeah, it it's, you know, yeah, there's a little violence in there, uh, but it's all in good fun. Like, it's a story that turned me on, and it still does. I very much love this story, uh, especially the part where the the lady is, um, toward the end, she's leaning against that car wheel, and here comes Big Kitty sniffing, snuffling around. I really like that part. <laughs> like, if you can imagine a cat's tongue, now imagine a tiger's tongue. Ooh, I'll just leave you there. <laughs> Anyway, I love this story. I still do. Um, And I hope you guys enjoy it. A little blast from the past for you. Yeah. All right, you guys. Remember, cultivate that eroticism. When's your date day? Today's our date day. Have fun, you guys. Love ya. The Tiger deep within the cold, isolate Russian wilderness, where desperation can feed our fears of wanting something that we know is bad for us. Paranormal erotica provides a place in our imaginations where nearly anything is possible. I enjoy shifters a lot. They're those fantastical, unstoppable characters who take on the form of incredible beasts to give us that added layer of desire and sex appeal. They are more powerful, resilient, and extreme than we are. So hang on and strap in. I've got gang-banging wolf and tiger shifters coming your way. The Sexy Librarian presents the Kiss Me Quicks Erotica Podcast. Transport yourself to a place, a time, an experience that will enrich your mind as well as your passion. You are entitled to your sexual self. This show is for adults only and is a hands-free listening experience. Well, at least one hand. But before our story begins, let me tell you about our latest audiobooks. Libidinous Zombie 
an erotic horror collection. Safely indulge your darker cravings with an audiobook that is erotic, horrifying, cunning, edgy, seductive, violent, fiendish, indecent, and unfair. Oh, and it's super sexy. And our latest, most requested, most kinky fantasy stories, Tonight She's Yours, Cuckold Fantasies, which, by the way, is already an Audible bestseller. Cuckolding is deeply layered, from privately whispered scenes between a hot wife and her cuck, to a wide range of humiliation play requiring the adept skills of a big, beautiful bull, or three. Get these sexy audiobooks now in iTunes, Amazon, and Audible. And now, Feral by Rose Carraway. I knew it would happen, eventually. I just never believed that it would. And no matter how often I stubbornly waved the foolish binary ideals aside, I couldn't deny their existence, their traction. The need to share my space, the desire to want someone, a cock to fill the unanticipated emptiness inside of me. It all hit me full force and didn't even bother to ask my permission when he came crawling up onto my porch, a bloody mess, about to die. Poor Leon. Leon, how ironic is that? Sorry, I know, you have no idea who or what the hell I'm talking about. Well, let me just say that as the steep pack surrounded me, I didn't know if I'd made the right decision, but I'd hoped so. There were no other options. Besides, everyone knows you don't just let a pack of wolves surround you. You do, and you're dead. You keep your back against something that isn't full of mangy fur and sharp teeth. Well, the teeth are fine, but you'll need claws of your own. Lots of claws. I had claws. But even then, there was a moment where I thought I was going to kiss my sweet ass goodbye. While I admire the whole pack mentality, I hate it too. You get a bunch of lust-crazed men in the same room, and the unpredictability factor increases exponentially. Oh, it's exciting at first, but if the alpha happens to be there, your ass is his. Doesn't matter what you want, or even his packmates. If he wants to fuck you, he's going to fuck you. Trust me on that. I hated it as much as I wanted it. I didn't want to be Mirko's baby factory. He scared the shit out of me. In the good way, and the bad way. His sick method of culling out undesirables within his own pack had me concerned, to say the least, 
about procreating with him. Babies, no matter their breeding, were not disposable. It was shocking to discover that there were no female wolves in the pack, only men, the original patriarchy. Again, another reason why I'm glad I'm not wolf. For each pack, there was only one female to give the Alpha as many shifting sons as she can. Hence the old adage, men are dogs. But the sex fiend thing? Well, that's for all shifters, myself included. Shifters have overactive libidos. It's just par for the course. Sorry, I know I'm getting sidetracked. It's because my head is all fucked up. My heart? My pussy? Let me back up. Start at the beginning. Once upon a time, about 20 minutes ago, a guy named Leon showed up on my doorstep, bleeding to death. He'd crawled from his ranger and then crawled some more onto my front porch. I'd heard the jeep coming, heard his body fall from the driver's seat and onto the crunchy snow. I could smell his blood through the single-pane window I was looking through. He'd been mauled. If you've never seen anything mauled, just be glad of it. I watched him drag himself through the snow, leaving a trail of blood behind, the crimson contrasting brightly against the white. I suppose that it's better to die on someone's doorstep than in the cold, dispassionate fucking snow. At first, his heart still beat as strong as the arms that he used to drag himself with. Leon Sharp was the only other American I knew out here in the great white vastness of Russia. By trade, he was a volunteer wildlife rescuer, determined to log the route of a rogue steep pack that had been killing off ranchers' Yakusha cattle. They'd even killed one unlucky schmuck who'd unwittingly been cutting firewood too close to the pack's winter cache. Well, the papers reported killed, but he wasn't. He'd been changed. Wolves, man, and cattle... It's the same old vicious cycle that's gone on since humans discovered agriculture. I talked with Leon about his tracking the pack over coffee just this last weekend. Our flirting had escalated to an exchange of blushing smiles, and I liked the comfortableness of that. Leon explained between rosy-cheeked smiles that he wanted to collar the entire pack, relocate them if necessary, keep everyone safe and happy. But when the word collar spilled from his beautiful mouth, I knew not everyone would be. Mirko would never allow a monitoring collar around his neck. He did the collaring and the monitoring, so to speak. He'd rather eat a bullet than be told where he could and couldn't go. 
the average individual is faced with, say, a full-grown man ripped to shreds by wolves, they aren't thinking about fucking or sucking his cock or having their pussy reamed. They certainly aren't contemplating pushing out a handful of cubs for the guy. But I'm not your average individual. And when love hits a shifter, it hits like a Mack truck at the most inconvenient time. Leon was covered in blood. He had chunks of meat missing. I could hardly bear to look at him, but I could hear him dying. I hesitated opening my front door as something took root inside of me. Leon would die if I left him out there. Howls in the distance made me grind my teeth. The decision was made for me. Plus, I owed Mirko one. Mirko's the kind of man that women dream of getting fucked by, but are also terrified of. He has the kind of eyes that, upon first seeing them, you might think you are falling, vertigo included in that dangerous descent. When he stares, it's not at you, it's into you, and you might break out in a cold sweat, completely out of your element, because every nasty, wanton part of you craves him, and the animal that lurks just below his skin. You want to run. You want him to hunt you down. But more than anything else, you want him to fuck you without mercy. You aren't yourself around Mirko. Not the you that you ever want to acknowledge publicly, anyway. The deeply buried part of you that wants to be brutalized. Because even though you might die by the end of it, You'll know that you existed. Because you believe that you needed those marks he left on your body as some kind of validation. It was the slowing, whisper-soft, wa-bump, of Leon's heartbeat that urged my fingers to turn the knob. And the deep ache in my pussy that I'd been secretly harboring for him for the last year, of course. I opened the door. Wolf musk invaded my palate, nearly knocked me back on my heels. I hate the scent of wolf. But more so, I can't stand their relentlessly grating howls. I knelt down beside Leon, saw the extent of his injuries. The bite wounds were much deeper than I'd first thought. I turned away, covered my mouth. And then... Coming in off the subarctic winds, I smelled the steep pack. They were hot on Leon's trail. Howls and yips echoed their bloodlust off the taiga. I imagined their long pink tongues lolling and dripping with saliva, Leon's missing flesh still warm in their bellies. They knew he was here. The sounds of their howls told me they'd shifted direction. My hands shook. They would be here all too soon, swarming like ants. The pack trespassing, Mirko tempting me again. My mind whirled at how Leon could have possibly gotten away. 
this many bites meant Mirko had intended on killing him, nothing more. By some small yet miraculous feat, Leon managed to get away. My attraction to him was compounded by admiration. But dark memories flooded my brain. I shivered as I recalled how I had run once, too, fought until I couldn't fight anymore. How Mirko had made my body bend to his will. I hadn't gotten away. I hadn't wanted to. I dragged the unconscious, dying man into my cabin and locked the fucking door. Locks were nothing to a shifter, especially a determined wolf. It was the implication, the point I was making. Mirko and Boundaries didn't get along, but I would at least, hopefully, steer him toward a more civil visit by making him knock first. And I needed every precious second I could get. It was my only advantage. On his feet, Leon stood well over six feet tall. He was all muscle and supremely heavy to drag, even for me. As soon as my fingers wrapped around just one of Leon's swollen biceps, my pussy clenched. I'd never touched him before. I knelt down, removed his coat and shirt as quickly as I could, and then assessed the rest of the damage. When I got to 19, I stopped counting the wounds. My stomach was in danger of losing its contents again. My nerves were so frazzled, I was barely able to hold it together, the howls steadily working my nerves. Shifters can just about heal from any wound, except a bullet through the brain, and we feel pain just like anyone else. But it's good to know how to clean deep wounds, because when you ranch, like I do, you learn real quick that cows and horses alike can brush up against hidden barbed wire, put the scent of blood into the air. The wolves always come sniffing. I didn't bother stitching him up. Whatever happened, I wouldn't need to. Leon stirred, moaned, consciousness threatening to open his eyes. His face was so gray. Panic and frustration tightened within my chest. A new wave of howls made the hair on the back of my neck stand on end. I bit back a hiss. And yet, my body betrayed me, yearned for Mirko's fingers to dig into my flesh, for his teeth to nip my cunt. The pack was about a mile out now. Hot, nervous tears squeezed from the corners of my eyes. I slammed my fists against my thighs. I could feel their hunger, their desire to finish what they'd started. I knelt down. Mirko's distinct voice rose higher than the others of his pack. I'd heard that call before. It sent chills through me. I bared my teeth at the large front window. Fear pushed a hiss from my throat. I forced myself to swallow my anxiety. I dragged more of Leon's weight onto my lap. His head rolled into the crook of my arm, so vulnerable compared to his usual stalwart self. I extended my right hand. With a wary breath, 
and an easy, reflexive flick of the wrist, my claws extended. The pestering howls agitated me. I had no doubts that the pack was feeding off of my anxiety, using it to fuel their own excitement as they drew closer and closer to their prize. Less than half a mile away now, I needed to hurry. Once Mirko got here, alone, I'd be near powerless against him and his dogs. Desire and fear tumbled low in my belly at the thought of being surrounded by so many keyed-up wolves. The urge to flee intensified. I wiped my brow, looked into Leon's ghostly face. His heartbeat barely above a whisper, ever slowing. I grounded myself, focused. I placed my trembling lips against his for good luck, then brought my clawed hand down across his abdomen in one clean swipe, directly across the multitude of bite wounds that had ruined his beautiful body. I made sure that my mark was deeper. His body jerked. I whimpered in sympathy. I retracted my claws and then held him, trying to keep my own shit together at the same time. I'm not good at waiting. God, how I fucking waited for Leon and the wolves. My body vibrated. I couldn't bear sitting this still. Every instinct I possessed screamed at me to get out of the house, to flee before Mirko and his mangy entourage showed up. But another part of me entertained the prospect of being caught in the Alpha's powerful arms once again. When his sweat turned pungent, I braced myself heavily against his body, centered all my weight over his torso for what was to come next. My father had changed someone when I was a little girl living in India. It was a frightening, tumultuous event that gave me nightmares for months. Because our change is so violent, some people don't survive it. And with Leon's loss of blood, his chances were probably closer to grim than anything else. The difference between tigers and wolves is that we change almost immediately, as opposed to wolves who have to wait until the next cycle of the full moon. Theirs is a slower transition, a gradual acclimation to their new blood. Our blood isn't as considerate. Ours is a tenacious corruption that runs hot. Leon's body seized. I held his big shoulders firm against the hardwood floor. He went still for a moment, his eyes squinting tight. And when they opened, all I could see were the whites like small boiled eggs webbed by fever-fueled veins. His whiskered jaw clenched. He pulled his legs up, tried to curl into himself. He thrashed, 
as though reliving his recent attack. His thick muscles rippled as his body tried to reject the invading shifter cells. The old blood flowed freely from the new gashes I'd administered. I was shocked that there was still so much of it. I felt my stomach roll once again, a ball of stinging bile rising in my throat. I prayed that he wouldn't simply bleed to death. Our transmission wasn't through a bite, as with the wolves, but a mark much more deadly, much less romantic. I was forced onto my knees when the convulsions peaked. My chest smashed against his, his warm blood causing me to both slip and stick to his skin. My nightshirt was coated through. My woolen socks were soaked. Leon's head slammed against the hardwood floor over and over. Sweat beaded down my back. My breath came in short bursts as I tried to hold him down. All I had was my body weight and my blood-slipperied grip. I stayed low and heavy. I could do nothing for his legs as his heels slammed down onto the hardwood. Being a shifter offers more than average human strength, but my instinct to run and hide was making this a difficult task. I put my lips next to his ear, breathed in his tangy hormonal scent, and begged him desperately to calm down. I demanded that he relax, stop resisting. He didn't have to fight. Not yet. He seemed to hear me through the din of his unconscious struggle, but his eyes remained shut, and that's when I heard the heavy clicks and scrapes of paws. The panting. The steep pack filed onto my front porch. Their conjoined anxious whines and yips, a distressing noise. My skin goosebumped, reactionary. I could feel them shifting back into their human forms. I'd never wanted to run more than at that moment. Uncertain if he would begin thrashing again, I prayed that the worst was over for Leon. I needed to hide my telltale gashes. Mirko would go apeshit if he saw what I'd done. Briefly, I thought that maybe I could somehow use jealousy against him, but I tossed that idea away as quickly as it had come. Mirko didn't get jealous. He eliminated threats. Simple as that. As fast as I could, I yanked my blood-soaked socks off and tossed them into the nearest corner. Then I grabbed a crocheted blanket from the couch and threw it over Leon's torso. The wolves already knew his condition and would assume that the blood pooling on my living room floor was from their earlier handiwork, and that was fine by me. I considered slipping out the back door. I was ridiculously outnumbered. This was my last chance, but I stayed my feet. I wouldn't leave Leon. The knock came by a single, ominous knuckle. I knew exactly whose fist it belonged to. 
When Mirko comes knocking, the best thing to do is ignore your instinct to flee. Because your instinct is tricking you, baiting you into doing exactly what Mirko wants most. You see, he wants to chase you. He wants to track you down, to catch you. I tried running once. His endurance outlasted my speed. He caught me. He fucked me. Against the trees, on the frozen ground, in the snow, under the snow, for three straight days. No food, no shelter, only melted snow to soothe my raw body. And I liked it. Mirko's aura is too powerful to ignore. It's a snare that catches your mind and entangles your body. And the way my flesh and bones ached after those three days, I'd craved more before I'd even had a chance to heal. Just thinking about him made my pussy ache. The second knock swiftly followed the first. Mirko would only wait so long. I stood up, fixed my hair, wiped the sweat from my brow, and took a deep breath. My soaked nightshirt was a lost cause. I touched the knob with blood-stained fingers, just as it slowly began to turn. The inkling of a plan suddenly budded in the back of my brain. Frigid wind blasted my face. With it, the overpowering spice of adrenaline-infused, freshly shifted men. Some naked, some dressed, clothed and combed, as my father would have said. Shifters can wrap their clothes into the change if they choose. A handy trick when you're in a heavily populated town. The arctic air bit through the wet fabric of my nightshirt and snatched my breath away. The only word I could get out was, Mirko. He stepped inside, black boots scuffing the wood floors. He lifted his nose. Well, well, well. Look what the cat dragged in, boys. Our little chew toy who got away. He turned to me, took a long, slow sniff, then lifted a thick, dark brow. A grin so sinister spread his lips as he looked me up and then down. His teeth flashed white, and my knees felt like jelly. He stepped toward me. I stepped back instinctively, had zero qualms about letting my fear scent fill the room. Mirko stepped forward again, inserting his dominance, caught me by the waist, and pulled me against his chest. The flood of desire that emanated from him was suffocating. I couldn't breathe, could hardly think. Hmm, I certainly wouldn't mind chewing on you for a while. I leaned into him, helpless, was so close to falling again, until he felt my belly. I knew what he was checking for, and I resisted his distracting spell. 
I pushed away from him, just enough to clear my head a little, mentally putting the pieces of my meager, insane plan back together. My own arousal scent suffused the room. It mingled, competed with Mirko's. His packmates shouldered into my tiny living room, their combined lust growing in response, filling my nose, agitating me as they glanced over Leon and then eyed me, as though undecided between which they wanted to eat first. Half the pack had remained naked. I could only take shallow breaths. The distracting sight of so many swelling, responsive cocks caused me to nearly sway on my feet. When my front door finally closed, I had no idea how many men filled my room. I just reacted. First one button, then two, then three, and my soiled nightshirt fell from my shoulders. Every single wolf forgot about the unconscious male on the floor. Mirko growled deep in his throat, irritated by my tempting of his pack. He closed the distance between us, started to cover me with his jacket. I wanted to purr, growl, hiss, and run away all at once. But I wanted his dominance to corral me. I wanted him inside of me. I hated him. I slapped his face, hard enough that I felt the sting of it in my palm. I leapt back, pressed my backside against the nearest naked man I could reach. I salaciously dragged my ass up and down his cock and flooded the room with pheromones. Mirko grabbed the wrist of the offending hand that had struck him, but my other hand went to the cock behind me before he could grab that one too. The pack closed in. I groaned aloud, wantonly, signified very clearly what I was up to, what I was up for. My sex scent permeated the air as though I had opened the floodgates, overtook every man in the living room with my desire. Though still unconscious, even Leon's face tilted toward me, receptive. I let loose another throaty growl and looked pointedly at Mirko, and then summoned the courage to look into the eyes of as many of his men as I could, and said, Fuck me. My surroundings became a blur as bodies pressed upon me. They clawed for me, at me, inside of me. Mirko backhanded one packmate away, slammed his fist into another, and flung someone else so hard their body flew across the room and over my couch. The competitive crush was a difficult thing for him to negotiate with his own lust triggered so forcefully. His hard cock pressed prominently within his pants. My desire was irresistible 
to all of them, myself included. Even though I knew what would happen, the consequences of being at the pack's mercy, my own lust overtook rational thinking. This was a scenario that neither Mirko nor I could contain. I just had to dig deep and write it out as long as I had to. I was dragged, slammed against my coat rack, my chin roughly pinched, my mouth pulled toward someone else's mouth. The countless hands that grabbed at my body weren't gentle, caressing, or kind. They were possessive, greedy, and raking. I grunted when my body was dragged to the floor. I was flipped over, positioned onto my hands and knees, my pussy immediately consumed by lips and tongue and cock. My legs were spread, painfully wide. Another cock positioned, ready to fuck my ass. Another cock pried open my mouth. And then I heard Mirko's frustration and more bodies falling to the floor. Disposable they might be, I knew he didn't want to kill them. I could hear his boot heels over the hardwood as he charged through the throng of bodies, knocking more packmates aside, unflinching as he broke several of his men's arms, their legs, noses, wrists. He kicked, body slammed, rammed his fists repeatedly against flesh, hell-bent on getting me from beneath the mob that was taking what he considered his. I didn't hate what was happening to me. It only hurt when someone's full body weight came down on top of me, crushed me against the hardwood. The cocks that filled me brought stars to my vision, suffocated me, wrung me out, but I stayed pliable, receptive, splayed my legs for whoever was fucking me next. If I'd have showed an ounce of resistance, they would have been compelled to use greater force, and I knew I wouldn't survive the resulting orgiastic melee. Men jockeyed for position, between my legs, below, and behind me. I vaguely realized that I was being jostled closer to Leon. The air in the room became muggy, my skin slick with sweat and cum. Being pliant had its disadvantages. I couldn't see around me. There was only flesh and mouths and hot breath and cocks and hands, a turbid climate. I arched into it all, opened to the chaotic invasion of my body. Mirko's frustration grew to an ear-splitting decibel. I couldn't see him, but I felt him shift, and at the sound of his wolf's baleful snarls, I trembled, wanted to run and hide. Men were going to die now. Another presence penetrated the room. I felt the unmistakable tang of another alpha. Leon was finally coming too. My heart leapt. I swallowed and choked on bursts of cum, ever breathing in the conflicting scents surrounding me, indecently intoxicated by them. 
each spent cock was replaced by yet another. A mouth seized my pussy, and I clasped my thighs against the owner's head instinctively, groaning around the cock that slid in and out of my mouth. Mirko raged somewhere at my left, his teeth snapping in the air and then over flesh. More men began shifting from every direction, fighting to either fuck me or defend themselves. They'd all turned on one another. It was a frenzy of fur and teeth and cocks, all fighting for what they wanted. My cunt. The man between my legs was suddenly gone, yanked away. I screamed, frustrated. Mirko had one of the man's calves between his long teeth. The man spun around, shifted, and then lunged. The two wolves launched themselves at one another, muzzles wrinkled, teeth slashing and tearing at whatever they sunk into. I stayed low to the ground, elbowed my way toward Leon, was fucked along the way. Below the wolves' snarls, I heard Leon moan, an uplifting sound that brought strength to my trembling arms, a smile to my slack and sticky lips. Teeth pierced my skin, clamped around my ankle. I screamed in agony. The heat of Mirko's breath, the vibrations from his ominous growls were at once exhilarating and terrifying. I thrashed. Only a few of Mirko's packmates were left standing, all the lowest ranking, the cowards too chicken shit to challenge him or fuck me. Several were unconscious from near-fatal wounds. Mirko released my ankle. His head hung low to the floor, his white muzzle dripped red. His sides expanded and retracted powerfully from exertion. I let my head rest against the hardwood. Don't run, I told myself. Mirko stood over me, panting, daring those he'd left able the opportunity to challenge him. His thick, creamy white fur brought the scent of wolf too close to my nose. A few whines sounded, but none braved stepping forward. He looked down at me with his dark wolf eyes. His lips peeled back, exposing long, blood-stained teeth. But suddenly he growled, his tongue flicking the air. His ears laid back. Something made him nervous, defensive. While fear controlled me, emanated from me in great billowing waves in this submissive position, Mirko looked around the room, searching for where the threat was coming from. I swallowed hard. Leon was getting to his feet. The crocheted blanket that covered him slid to the floor. Another low growl from Mirko told me that he saw my mark, understood what I'd done. He shifted. This time, he was nude. His body heat hovered above me for just a moment, 
Then he rested his full body weight upon me. I had trouble focusing my thoughts. I could hear Leon stagger, unaccustomed to the foreign blood thriving in his body. I could feel his confusion. What was left of Mirko's pack shifted now into their wolf forms, making my skin ripple. They moved in unison toward Leon. Mirko chuckled when Leon stumbled again. Stupid pussy. His pack closed in. I had to do something. And speaking of pussy... He thrust his hips against mine, his hand smearing the now cold and sticky cum from his packmates all over my breasts, belly, and cunt like lotion. Then he closed a hand around my throat. I thought I already made it clear that yours was mine. At the word mine, he shoved his cock into me. His thrusts weren't kind or possessive even. They were meant to taunt Leon, to excite what was left of his pack, to rile them all up so that Mirko himself could come inside of me, mark his territory. Warning alarms went off inside my brain. I'd put out so much sex scent earlier that I'd felt myself actually go into estrus. If Mirko came inside of me, I'd get pregnant for sure. Inside my mind, I shouted, Change! Change, Leon! For both our sakes, please! Leon! I couldn't speak. Mirko's grip was tight on my throat. All I could emit were gasps and grunts. From my peripheral, I could see Leon's struggle. With each inhale he took, I saw a flash of his tiger trying to connect with him. But every exhale brought him back to his human self, an erratic, strobe-like shifting. I'd never seen anything like that before, and the energy behind each pulse of failed transformation worried me deeply. I could feel the presence of the feral animal within him threatening to consume him, force its presence. The thing with turning someone is that sometimes there can be a spark of a telepathic connection. Full conversations aren't possible, but emotions, especially fear and lust, can get through. And right then, I needed to communicate to Leon that I was feeling, well, both. But the circling wolves had cornered him. His own fear was controlling too much of his brain. Mirko's thrusts became long, deep penetrations, difficult for me to concentrate through. His mouth opened, his hand around my throat tightened, but before he could throw his head back and celebrate, I stole my moment, took advantage of his obvious distraction, and shifted. I slashed, a single claw snagged briefly on his shoulder muscle. I wriggled from beneath him and pounced away. His cock sprayed, but the surprised look he bore was priceless. I hissed and swiped at him again. Mirko fell back, cowed, 
still a bit shocked, but it wouldn't last long. The pack turned from Leon and rounded on me. I ran for it. Well, I ran for the kitchen. My front door was closed. I easily leaped onto the counter, knocking breakfast dishes onto the floor. Wolves snapped at my paws, incensed. I'd drawn the blood of their pack leader. I hissed and swiped at them, too, growling warning after warning. Mirko trotted into the kitchen. He hung back, waiting for his mob to bring me down. Frustration flooded my veins. At eight to one, that was a strong possibility. Where was Leon? I roared, shredded one wolf's ear and then another's forepaw, but their snapping, salivating jowls kept coming. And then I felt his presence. The apex predator finally stretching his limbs, getting comfortable in his new skin. The hair on my neck and spine raised, and I tried to press myself as close to the backsplash and cupboards as I could. The overwhelming scent of testosterone slithered through the air. Mirko snarled, recognizing that there was a new threat. He backed deeper into the kitchen. The others halted, sensitive to the change in the air. I snarled again, bolstered by my new odds. Leon's presence was staggering. When I'd run from Mirko, I was so afraid. When Leon entered the kitchen, I knew I needed to run for my life. But I couldn't be the one to make the first move, or I would certainly be the first to have their blood spilled. Leon's rounded ears were perked forward, eyes round and alert, his mouth partially opened as he tasted the scents of the room. He was a big cat, massive. He dwarfed my kitchen. There was the smallest moment of testing, the ritualized silent standoff, and then it was complete bedlam. Leon attacked left and right. Mirko and his pack dove in, but Leon's powerful forearms batted them all away before they could latch on. They tried to slip around him, come at him from all sides, but he was too quick for them. Some wolves got lucky with mouthfuls of orange and black striped fur, but they were short-lived victories. Leon made quick work of them, disemboweling some and crushing the throats of others. And then, Mirko's timing failed him. I saw it before he did. Mirko sprang through the air, but he hesitated. Leon's great striped head turned. One powerful, muscled arm reached, and his claws and teeth were ready. He caught Mirko's head and muzzle between his canines. I sprang from the counter, leaped out of the kitchen at the sound of Mirko's skull being crushed. The chaos followed me. The remaining wolves tried to flee just like I had, but Leon caught them one by one. 
I shifted once more, midway through my living room, slammed into my front door with hard force, twisted the knob, and then flung myself onto the porch. While survival was key at this point, I also knew that I had to reach Leon again. This time, I had to reconnect with his human side before the tiger took over permanently. A killing spree of this magnitude could sever human from animal forever. Back onto two legs so quickly, I stumbled and slipped in the half-frozen puddle of blood on my porch. It was Leon's blood. Little icy shards scraped my bare thigh, stained my skin. I clambered off the wooden steps and landed in the snow. The desperate yips and cries of the wolves as they fell victim to Leon's claws and teeth had me trembling more than being naked in the arctic wind and snow. Suddenly, inside my house went silent, and then Leon bounded through my opened front door. I threw my hands out and screamed, Leon! Leon, wait! It's me! The tiger stepped off the porch, his wide nose hovering just above the blood that stained the snow. The blood I was sitting in. I backscooted until my spine collided with the wheel well of his truck, shivering as Leon advanced. Leon, I croaked. I tentatively thought about shifting back, but Leon's massive face was suddenly right in front of me. His breath was warm, his muzzle stained wolf blood red. His whiskers dragged, tickling, as he sniffed at the blood on my raised knees. He sniffed lower, and I knew it wasn't the blood he was smelling anymore. It was me. Leon! My fingers shook as I reached out to pet him. His lips lifted. He didn't like the wolf scent, but I let my knees spread, invited him to take in more of my scent. I was so wrung out sexually, but new stirrings arose. Like I said, tigers run hot all the time. Come on, Leon. I know you're in there. Listen to my voice. The cold had my teeth chattering. My entire body trembled. Leon sniffed, then opened his mouth and pulled my left leg aside. His rough tongue tasted. And then a second, much more thorough lick scraped over my already tender pussy. It hurt like hell, but I resisted shoving him away. I closed my eyes, stifling my whimpers. My eyes flew open when there came another lick, but this one was soft, pliant. This tongue was slow as it tasted me. Leon? He looked up at me with those hazel eyes of his, and I nearly broke down. He'd come back. His bare skin was unprotected, pink from the frigid air. But all his wounds were gone, all except for my mark. I'm sorry, but I need to. He reached for me, shoved me beneath his body. I hardly felt the scrape of snow against my back. Please. 
His eyes and cock pleaded with me. I dreamed of this moment for months. I pulled his lips to mine. He crushed me, penetrated me just as Mirko had, like all the others had. But this time, I wanted the man who was fucking me to do more than fuck me. I needed him to erase the others, Mirko and his pack of bastards. I needed Leon to fuck me deeper than all the others had. I needed him to come inside of me and leave his mark there. Banish the sensations I still felt of all their bodies taking me, of Mirko's brutal attempts at making me his. It hurt. It hurt like hell. But underneath the pain, I opened to Leon. I drew him into me, thrust by thrust. I pulled his lips and teeth to my breasts, arched into his bites and sucks. We rolled, my legs locked around his waist until he was on his back, and I growled into his growls, our kisses bordering on vicious. My hips worked, but I wasn't going hard enough to suit him, and then I was flipped onto my back once more, and then I was lifted, spun around, on my hands and knees. He looped a thick, muscled arm around my waist and grabbed my hair with his other hand. He pulled me back onto his waiting rod. His thighs slammed against the backs of mine. My scalp hurt. Come inside me, Leon. He rammed, fucked, and bucked. Come on, Leon, give it all to me. I want it. I need it, baby. God, I so dreamed of this moment. I was shameless. The dirty, encouraging words that escaped my throat urged him ever on. And then his whole body slammed down onto me, his cock still embedded. My tits and hips crashed against the snow, and Leon bellowed against the clouded sky. He hammered and jacked into me, until he came. So, this is all really real? He asked. Yeah, I whispered into the nape of his neck. Huh, I guess nature really does find a way. I chuckled. I guess so. You know, I've always considered myself more of a dog person. Nope. Nope? Well, you've liked me for the last year, and only studied wolves for, what, the last five months? You know wolves' habits, but you like cats. I nudged him in the ribs. He nibbled my earlobe. I felt like purring. Then something snagged at the back of my mind, something worrisome. But Leon pulled me closer, tightened the blanket around us. I liked how comfortable it felt to be snuggled against him in the back of his work truck. Neither of us wanted to go back inside my house. You know, if you wanted to date me, all you had to do was ask. He was trying to be playful. I appreciated that. 
We were still in shock over, well, everything. The levity was comforting. Leon had nearly died, for God's sake. I laughed again. Such a brittle sound, but I ignored it. Yeah, but I really wanted to reel you in, you know. Catch you in my claws and never let you leave. Now it was his turn to laugh. I felt the easy rumble of it through his chest and was relieved. I liked Leon's laugh. It always gave me a warm little swirly sensation low in my belly. All we needed were two cups of coffee and it would have been just like old times. And then I wondered, would the moon's cycles affect him? Was there any steep pack blood running through his veins alongside mine? I remembered his wounds. They were so extensive. His arms tightened again. One hand absently rubbed my hip. I'm sorry for what happened to you. I let out a slow breath, pushed my thoughts aside, nodded. It's no worse than what happened to you. I suppose not, but still, I am sorry. He used his lower lip to lift my nose until my mouth was reachable. He kissed me, warm and tender. Me too. Well, he sighed, do you want the honors or shall I? No, I'll do it. I took the canister, and we both unraveled from the blanket and each other's limbs and climbed out of the truck. Leon wrapped his arms around me from behind. I liked that a lot. Could really get used to his warmth. How long was it before the next full moon? Here goes. I aimed the poor spout at my porch and squeezed until the can was empty. Leon produced a box of matches, scratched one to life, pressed his cheek to mine, and we both watched as he tossed it onto the fuel. For Stupid Fish Productions, this is Rose Carraway. We hope you enjoyed the show. That was Feral, written by Rose Carraway. Have a happier life. We encourage you, lovely lurid listeners, to be playful, enjoy yourselves, your partners, and your sexuality. Rose Caraway can be found at thekissmequicks.com. For more fun, sexy stories, go to Amazon, iTunes, or Audible and search Rose Caraway. Sign up for Audible's 30-day trial and you can get one of my audiobooks for free. Your subscription will include one free audiobook every month as well as give you discounted prices on all of my audiobooks. You can cancel at any time. The Kiss Me Quick's Erotica Podcast is a Stupid Fish production. 
and is brought to you by the Sexy Librarian's Erotica Blogcast. I'd like to thank the following musical artists. Nine Inch Nails Chris Zabriskie Voodoo Child Jan Morgenstern Kai Engel Yusuke Tsutsumi and the introduction and credit music by Vivich. Audio production by Big Daddy Dave Carraway. Stupid fish. I'm a rabble rouser. Ooh, the nipples are already responding. <laughs>